There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper and a huge welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's brilliant to be back with you for another week and strange period in history we're in right now, isn't it? And uh, it therefore... I'm really looking forward to talking to our guest today and her perspective on it, uh, Jessica Richards. We're going to be talking about changing the Groundhog Day. Now, I would like to say a big thank you to my guest last week, Barry Shaw. I don't know if you had the opportunity to listen to the interview with Barry. I thought it was he was just superb. And with the current and, and situation at the moment, uh, Barry's subject is joy. And he's one of the most joyful people I've, I've ever met. He's had an incredible paradigm shift himself, a hugely successful entrepreneur, lives in Beverly Hills, suddenly got um, an illness, became paralyzed. And out of a, a, a journey of, of six years to get to you know, a good level of movement, he's now being uh, acknowledged by people like Oprah Winfrey for an amazing uh, platform and contribution to a sort of more joyful workplace and world environment. And I think it was a real tonic in uh, today's situation because we have to really work on our mindsets and keep our mindsets high. I work with leaders and teams and build engaging workplaces, and I'm always trying to work with my clients to help them to develop that mindset and develop those wonderful environments and develop an attitude, be more joyful, be more um, be more kind and loving, and uh, maybe sometimes a bit less on kind of process and, and those sorts of things. And it was a real antidote last week. I, also, he's got 11 um, incredible little videos I've been showing to my kids on, on, on really great little messages that can help you. One of those is we're all good looking because we're looking for the good in others. And my kids have been saying that um, and having a bit of amusement with it over the last sort of week or two. But it's definitely list- lifted the joyfulness in our house. Um, I think, um, you know, today there's a lot of change. I was talking to behavioral expert Michael Romling uh, this week, and Michael said to me that uh, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. And I think we have a real gift today in uh, the opportunity to talk with Jessica. I, I think you're going to find, because I certainly have through my exchange with her, her an, an incredible um, conversation today and a, a, just an amazing uh, individual uh, who's making a huge contribution out there in the world. And I think uh, with what's going on at the moment, I think her work's only going to elevate even further. I'd love to say thank you to my friend John Kramer, who's been on this show a couple of times, who introduced me to Jessica. Now, when we're faced with tough times, it can be hard, can't it, to to imagine those brighter days ahead. But there will be brighter days ahead. And you know, we can feel stuck and stagnant and we can feel you know, unable in this kind of environment, maybe to progress. Um, And one of the biggest things holding us back uh, tends to be ourselves. And Jessica Richards um, has been a clinical hypnotherapist since 1985. She specializes in personal transformation, corporate leadership development. She's an incredible author. 
She runs amazing workshops and her, her work helps people to identify and resolve their self-limiting beliefs. And this can be truly, truly life-changing for people. And um, what, what happens out of this is people gain all sorts of creative insights on their purpose and direction and meaning in life. She's a, a Harley Street practice in London since 1991. And she facilitates workshops and retreats for senior executives. And I, what I found um, you know, fascinating is with the nature of her work, you might think um, some CEOs, for example, just wouldn't want to want to go there. But her workshops are just massively uh, listened, uh, attended. And uh, she was voted by the Academy for Chief Executives as one of the top three speakers of the decade. Uh, she's an author. She's written an incredible book on the topic of cancer. Um, so let's have a chat with Jessica now about maybe, you know, during these uncertain times, about maybe shifting things such that we can... We stop holding ourselves back, get out of the way of ourselves and move towards success. So a huge welcome to Jessica Richards. Hi, Chris. Nice to chat with you again. And, and you too. So, Jessica, where's where's home? Where are you uh, locked down at the moment? Well, me and the spider are actually locked down in, a, in the county of Bedfordshire, which is just north of London. Excellent. And is, this, is, this a, is this a pet spider or is this one who sort of made his, his uh, house... <laughs> Your home. That's about pet. It's actually become family at the moment. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> You'll take anything at the okay. moment in terms of uh, uh, yeah, get somebody to converse with, will you? Well, you take what you can get. <laughs> I'm not going to go and I'm not moving out any time, even though I used to have a fear of spiders, but uh, that seems to have evaporated. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear because it, it would be uh, great if you were if you were stu- struggling with them. Um, so, so what I mean, so what is what is life like then for you in lockdown? If you're you're on your own with your spider, how are you how are you coping with things at the moment? How are you dealing with things? I don't cope. I just live, you know. And it's um, I hardly have enough hours in the day, really. Um, I'm a local volunteer for, you know, helping other people with bits and pieces and uh, NHS volunteer. I'm also set up um, with a charity, Yes to Life, an on- online Zoom session, which is going to be recorded uh, next week for cancer patients who've had their um, treatment cut off for three months. And it's called Dealing with Fear, the most deadly virus of all. And I've also... Um, set up with uh, a chairman a Zoom session it was with the help of John actually to set up a Zoom session to do the kind of work I do on retreats but on an individual level and within a group like a group meeting so we can deal with what's the issue at the moment and how that is really magnifying our personal Groundhog Days and getting in the way of us making the most conscious decisions at this time when we need it the most because I do find that usually it's personal development is normally seen as a luxury but actually it's critical especially at times like this and should be the priority not only to be able to respond create and consciously to the situation that we are now in but also in preparation for whatever may be to follow yeah that, that makes uh, makes enormous sense so um so zest for i mean zest for life um how do people access that is that something they can 
easily sort of tune into. I'm I'm very concerned about that issue myself. We have a a couple of good friends with uh, with cancer who've had surgery cancelled, who may have been told, you know, it could be three, it could be six months, we don't know when yeah. that, that will happen. And this is a very worrying time for people who who would normally have had that that treatment. Um, that it's that they're you know it's being delayed. The virus is taking precedent. I mean, anyone's in that situation, where can they go? Well, the only place you can go in that situation is, is the present. If you go to the future, it's only imagined. And when we imagine things in the future, they're usually fear-based imaginings. And when we imagine something, which is usually the worst, it lowers our immune system and it ups the probability of that becoming uh, manifest. Yes. We can only remain in the future. I know when I went through it um, several years ago now, and I was faced with choosing other than conventional treatment and it was a very lonely path and there was a lot of opposition and ridicule and trolling but 13 years later here I am and um, what helped me was to stay focused in the present and what I knew at the time so unless something is an absolutely emergency right now and you've got to do something about it that becomes your present the rest of it is simply now. Well, in the now, we're here, we're alive, and there is always something that we can do about being in the now. For instance, we have little control about our outer environment, but we do have complete control in how we choose to respond to it, not just in cancer, but in any situation. And we have control over our inner environment and our inner environment consists of what we eat, what we drink, what we fill our waking hours with, whether we're sitting there watching the news and the death toll every day over and over and over. There's nothing wrong with keeping up to date, but do we need to hear it 50 times a day and debate it? Does that really, really positively inform us on how we're going to spend the rest of our day? or the next day no it doesn't it's adding to the fear the virus of fear which is far more deadly and far more contagious but we have complete control over our inner environment our biology is also affected by our inner environment which are our thoughts and our feelings and our diet and nutrition etc and there's always something positive that we can do about that the most positive thing. Sorry, were you about okay. to say something, Chris? Yes, yeah, okay, carry on. carry on. The most positive thing and most e- easily and immediately accessible is to remain in the present and not allow our minds to drift off into nightmares of what may and may not happen. Oscar Wilde said of that, of he was talking about how we imagine things and how we actually experience biologically the impact of imagining nightmares. And he said, I've had some terrible experiences in my life and some of them actually happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they say that 95% of the things that we worry about never happen. No, and 95% of, of our behavior and our experience is unconscious. And, and from a program, an old program that's now completely out of date that we're still running. 
Yeah. So you're, so you're a, a program re-engineer then? Well, I think we're all capable of that. We've all got programs running because we can't possibly manage every single thing consciously. You know, we've, we've got to breathe. We've got to keep our heart beating and cells being replaced and as well as everyday things that we do like walking and talking and driving, etc., etc., etc. So that, that would be unmanageable to try to do that all consciously. Um, so we do edit and we set up programs or programs get set up in us, usually before the age of seven, and when we're more open to those kind of influences, so that they run automatically. And quite often then we get programs that are set up which are self-limiting, negative programs. And they keep running and they are unconscious. And most of the time we are behaving and responding unconsciously to situations. So whether it's a, a cancer situation where you've had your treatment cut off or for the rest of us we're in lockdown, we've got no income, with this is happening or that's happening, can't get loo rolls or brown sauce, wow, whatever happens to be the case, we have a program that, that will may be activated with that and it can be, I'm not going to survive, I'm going to die, I'm not going to have enough money I'm going to be thrown out on the street I'm not good enough I can't do anything you know I'm inadequate whatever which is usually what the programs are and they will inform our daily experience in how we're responding to this situation yeah yeah we need to sort of cut through those and understand I'm quite fascinated you've got an amazing just a fascinating sort of backstory with with your life and and you talk there about you know, we've, we've, a lot of our programs are developed before the age of seven. It, just tell us a little bit about your life in that earlier period and, and maybe what you learned and what you've had to work on because we, you know, we have to go to become what you do. I imagine you've had to do a lot of inner work as well during that kind of journey. Oh, God, yes, I've been beaten, uh, <laughs> beaten up a little bit. But then it's, it's what they call, we should say that I've been to a few people picnics over the years as you do when you've been around long. <laughs> Sorry, I should say we've only got four minutes till commercial break as well so just to right, I'm going to have to do this really really quick then because we're talking we about talk a bit more after the break obviously <laughs> uh, yeah we, we, you know we're talking about 63 years here but yes most of our programming happens before the age of seven and I spent a lot of time homeless and potless and all kinds of things when I was growing up yes we have to do things inwardly in order to be able to express ourselves and evolve over time and it's only thank god for the challenges in life that give us the opportunities for growth and we're all ex experiencing a global opportunity for growth at this time as the saying goes if you ain't growing you're going so you have to take each challenge and make it into something that you can grow from and evolve with if we don't evolve, we go around in cycles, which I call the Groundhog Day. And that means it's a revolution rather than an evolution. And a revolution of a Groundhog Day is where we find ourselves in different place with different people, but experiencing the same kind of situation and feelings over and over again. So my background set me up for that I have to be in a desperate situation in order to be at 
my best. So, yes, if I'm in a desperate situation, it's water off a duck's back to me because I've been there before. But I don't have to live in one and constantly be keeping myself in a desperate situation. I also grew up to uh, believe that I was never uh, good enough and I was inadequate because people like me had to remember where we came from. You know, well, if we all remember where we came from physically, it's probably not a pretty sight. But um, beyond that, you know, we all came from a place of consciousness. So however we entered into this reality, it's up to us to choose what we wish from that. And I've endeavoured to use every experience and every challenge to make something greater than me from that and to be of greater service to others uh, because of that. So you learned to learn to do you to do the very best you can in the nows you've you've ex- ex- articulated it yeah, um, I, and the less yeah. you come in with and grow up with well the less you've got to lose so it's quite yeah. liberating in that way <laughs> it is yeah I, I came from um scumthorpe in the north of england a steel town my father was a steel worker went right. out on strike we were you know we weren't um we weren't impoverished but money was very very tight and and I run the same paradigm as well. I'd ne- uh, you know, I'm not good enough, and yeah. it was interesting. That served actually served me very. We'll talk about more, this more after the break, but that served me very well for a lot of years. But then it gets to a point where it can become exhausting, <laughs> just yeah. trying because you feel like you've got to, everything you do, you've got to do your best. You're trying to prove each time that you're good enough, and uh, you you um, as I got the I got the feedback once. You know, when will you realise that actually you're a lot? You, you know, you're so much better than you. Then you give yourself credit for. Um, and you know, that's the basis of the Groundhog Day. Every quality that we have that has made us successful as an individual or as a business or anything else as an entity, at some point will put the brakes on and hold us back. Mm-hmm. So it serves us to a point and then it will hold us back. And then we go around the cycle of the self-limiting beliefs. Yeah. Well, on that note, we're going to go to a commercial break for a couple of minutes. We'll be back with you after the break, and we're going to actually talk through this more and talk about some of the things that we can do to help us to shift out of the groundhog day. One of the things I really took from this conversation, lots of things, but this is a global opportunity for growth, and uh, we have a real opportunity now, whether we wanted it or not. This is the time. This moment is a, actually could be perceived as a gift and uh, we can make the most of it, um, whatever that may be for you. So we'll try and help with that after the break. We'll be back again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high-potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called The Achiever Program, one-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America. 
is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. tuned into the business elevation show with your host chris cooper if you have a question or comment about our show please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk that's chris at chriscooper.co.uk now back to chris cooper hi it's chris cooper and with jessica richards we're talking about changing the groundhog day and you know and we've we've got an opportunity here we have an opportunity here for enormous self-growth, uh, whether we wanted it or not. And um, before the break, Jessica said we've got a global opportunity here for growth um, and uh, personal growth and how important personal development should be, how it um, should be a priority right now, uh, because um, we, we've got to make shifts all of us have got to make shifts adjustments to our thinking to our business models to our our behavior but out of that we may look on back on this with um you know actually some some gratitude amongst the the, the sadness and the change and we're having a little bit of a uh, sort of a laugh in the break about how children of the future will be will be um possibly sort of our adults of the future, our kids will be maybe boring their kids in the future by telling them about this period of um, enormous change that's happening right now. They don't realize, I know people, people probably young people just maybe don't realize, Jessica, this is a significant moment in history, isn't it, that we're going Absolutely. through? Absolutely. And I don't think um, that most of us realize just what a privilege it is to be around in these times. There is never, ever breakthrough without massive challenge. And I know there are some terrible things happening, but I'm sure there are going to be people of the future that wish they could have experienced this time with us for good, bad or otherwise, just so they could have been part of it. Definitely. definitely. And I think it's, it's a bit of pattern interrupts that perhaps we... Perhaps we're going to need to have got back onto, uh, you know, with, with issues like climate change. I just um, was just reading before we started speaking. Macron, president of France, was saying that uh, when we get back, the lock- lockdown eventually, you know, comes to a close and we get back to some kind of normality. People are not going to be happy to live or live live with the level of pollution that they were before. You know, we're breathing, starting to breathe clean air again, yeah. and uh, you know this. This may well be it. May well be something that is just um, you know, just happened by by chance at this point in time. But if it did, it's uh, it's probably a perfect 
moment for this pattern interrupt to, to get us thinking and behaving differently? Because we weren't going to do it on our own, I don't think, were we? No, this is a collection of our, level, our collective level of consciousness over the years has brought us to this. So we've collectively created this and created a situation where we are all in lockdown globally. And the thing is, it's quite true as well. Would we have really taken climate change immediately as seriously as this and just stop it? No, no, we wouldn't if we hadn't been forced to. Would we really, really have become aware of the people who actually keep the fabric of our society together without recognition and constantly doing it quietly and underpaid? And I mean everyone who keeps yeah. the of society together no we wouldn't we're too busy getting caught up in who's got what and who's sticking what filter on on instagram and who's selling the most books about this that and the other and when it comes down to it none of it is actually relevant do we need all those clothes that we keep buying all the time not really no. we're aware of <laughs> no so we needed this because we wouldn't have done anything about it otherwise. But that's collectively, but it's also individually. Usually, we don't do anything about anything until we have to, because mm. we're designed like that. Why would we? Yeah, yeah, and now now we we have to. Now we have to. It's uh, I've been having these conversations with my kids, you know, they were wanting new clothes and new trainers and things like that, and actually... Um, you you you're missing what's important, and that just just about starting to get it, you know, it's not it's not important. Um, yeah. you know, the, the true important things are, you know, kindness and love and caring and yeah. supporting. And I, I really get what you're saying. You know, I was thinking that you know our NHS. You know, we're, we're very privileged to have it. My wife is a a GP. She's worked for it, and you know, she's been pretty demoral, demoralized at times. Just just yeah. done this because she wanted all her life she just wanted to help people and then and then the system and the politicians and um the infrastructure just just gets in the way and the and the you know, more litigious society as well and they get in the way of actually being able to help and it becomes very it's become very challenging and it's just a it's just so nice to actually see that it's starting to be appreciated again for what it is and, and the other thing as well which is been fantastic realization i think for all of us everything that goes through governments anyway it's not any particular government or goes through bureaucracy takes forever and ever and ever and ever and usually nothing much ever comes of it that's of any real use or any practical use for anybody to be able to help anyone else but what happened this time is that as soon as the whistle went off Everybody in society seemed to, we just seemed to sort ourselves out. I mean, we weren't the only area that set up groups to make sure everyone was taken care of in our town. So every single street in our town has three people looking after it to make sure everybody who's vulnerable or needs help gets it in whatever way they need to get it. And that it happens simultaneously all over the country. And so I think that's taught us a lesson as well, that there are many, many things we can make happen for ourselves and we automatically start to recognise 
the people that are really um, adding value on a daily basis and they're usually the ones in the past who've been the most undervalued and we're also seeing a highlight on people who've been forgotten about and people who haven't been looked after you know the the level of um, domestic abuse that's been going on and there's there is not the support for people to get out of those places even when we're not in lockdown there's nowhere for them to go and it's only in lockdown we're seeing well hang on a minute how has this been allowed to go on for so long? Why Why is there nowhere for men and women to go when they're in an abusive household? So there's lots of lights being shine on, shone on some really very dark areas, both collectively and environmentally, but also on ourselves when we're in lockdown and we're withdrawn from most of the things that we're used to, that we used to distract ourselves with, if we choose not to spend all day, every day on, on I want to say Netflix or whatever other things people are looking at, you know, and eating ourselves to death and thinking about the next snack or the next drink we're going to have, then the light will be shine on, shone on our own personal darker places and we have an opportunity to really have a look at those objectively and be able to move beyond them so it really is a time of opportunity it's not pretty but challenges never are but without challenges there's no life yeah yeah so this is this is accelerating us towards a towards a better place and a better world i think care homes is another example we, yep. you know, we we just kind of, you know, pushed our elderly into into places, and uh, it, it's often it's people who are paid very poorly who find themselves supporting these people who who care, you know, who should be we should care for and respect and and support and and it's, I mean, isn't it interesting? It, it's like your, you know, your kind of paradigms. We, we, there's so many systems that are in. Have been in a kind of a groundhog day as well, haven't they? And Absolutely. you develop a, a culture of normality, which which becomes acceptable to a society. But actually, it's only when you light is shone on it that we realise, and, and it's fully appreciated that it's barbaric and antiquated. It's barbaric. It's antiquated, and and it's actually a bit insane. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's crazy. My work, wife works for a health organisation. I won't mention who they are, but they're the most um, bureaucratic organisation I've ever come across. It's it's appalling. People do great work in spite of all of the administrators and financial people in that organisation. And you know, it was um, they had a couple of weeks, three weeks ago. They wanted Zoom so that they could continue to do their their jobs from home. And uh, they put a put a note in, and and typical came back. Um, we will consider it providing you produce a detailed um, proposal with the cost benefits in it. And uh, somebody senior just came back and said, this is just a load of nonsense. Stop this rubbish. Um, we're getting it. <laughs> and um, we've we got to cut through all of that uh, absolute red tape and rubbish um, to enable us to do the right thing. And this this shows, I think, as well, what the speed things can be done at. I was chatting with a, a, a finance director of a, a health organization and he was telling me how his um, IT, the IT team were configuring 15 laptops a day each um, to send staff and normally their capabilities is three in a day. Yeah. And it just shows when, 
we all come together with a with a cause, people can achieve more, can't they? They when they yeah. rally around. I think Google call it goat rodeos is the in their business. But set a challenge, make it tough for people, and they 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 come together and they deliver even more, and they enjoy it. Yes, because then we don't have the barriers of, of different kinds of ages and different sectors, etc., etc. It's anybody and everybody who can do something finds what they can do and make their contribution. It doesn't matter if they're a child at school and they came come up with an idea or they're 3D printing face masks or whatever. It doesn't matter. We can all do something one way or another. And we're learning that and we're showing that. So we've got a, a grand opportunity for a collective evolution at this time. It by no means guarantees that we're going to have that evolution. I think if we can choose not to be distracted by the fear of the situation, which will inform the probable outcome of it and the future, if we have a future, of what's to come next. So that's the most important issue at this time is the fear aspect. And that's again is where the Groundhog Day comes in again. We start to wake up as soon as we recognize we have a Groundhog Day. As soon as we realize I'm going around that same old cycle again, you know, I've been here before. Now, we were speaking before about Viktor Frankl, and he said words to the effect that um, you might have to help me out here. That I, I, yeah, I've, I've got the, I've, we, we talk about that, and I've actually got the quote on my wall, haven't I? So bet between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose yes. how to respond. In that response lies growth and freedom. Yes. And what I was going to say about that, that for someone who's aware that's 100% the case, when we have a groundhog day which is unconscious and we're mainly acting unconsciously and going through the same rituals again, we don't actually have that split second of time between stimulus and response. We get the stimulus and straight away we're going to a Groundhog Day. Now, if we can intercept that and recognize, hang on a minute, I'm going around that cycle again, we start to wake up. The way to recognize it's a Groundhog Day and it's a self-limiting belief and it's based on fear. They're always based on fear, self-limiting beliefs. And we know that is when it feels negative. When it feels negative, you can immediately become aware you've just had one of those Groundhog Day thoughts and reactions to something. And that's when the ego kicks in, because it's an ego thing. It likes to keep itself occupied with an identity that is not the truth. And so it will latch on. Oh, this is it. Yeah, it's because I'm not good enough. That's it. Now, I heard this yesterday in some business issues that were coming up. And one of the, the more common ones was... You know, there's the bosses making decisions that I know are wrong and I can't do anything about it. And when I question, well, what does that make you feel like? Well, it makes me feel like I'm not valuable and, you know, I don't matter. So straight away, you know, that's a groundhog day because it's the ego making it about me. The truth of the matter is it isn't personal. And we have to remember that it's 
absolutely not personal. It's someone else's fear-based Groundhog Day that's informing their unconscious dysfunctional behavior. So if we take that personally, then we become part of the problem rather than part of the solution. But if at the very least we can recognize that this moment in time actually that's nothing to do with me. It can make me feel like I'm not this and I'm not that, but I know enough to know that's not the truth. Even if it feels like it, I know it's not the truth. So I'm not going to respond to that. I'm just going to accept that person's the boss. They're going to make that decision, whether it's a groundhog decision of their own. I can do nothing about that except I choose not to take it personally. And we have an individual and collective responsibility at all times and particularly in times like this so that we can influence the future probability in a positive way by taking personal responsibility for our own environment and our own situation, whether it's our own personal health so that we don't burden anything else or spread diseases to anybody else, and for our own inner personal awareness so that we can recognize this is my dysfunctional behavior when I feel negative and taking things personal. It's just unconscious dysfunctional behavior and it's not me because the thing about our programs the negative programs that are running it's like an old program on a computer we're not even in it we may have set it up but just because it keeps running doesn't mean it's us the ego loves that as a as an identity to say oh yes well i am not i'm not worth it i am inadequate and all the rest of it well bully for the ego that's completely dysfunctional behavior and is no good to anybody. Self-pity is no good to anybody. And in fact, I've even heard people say, oh, I can't sleep. I feel so terrible about what's happening to other people. What use is that to that individual or anybody else? Yeah. Absolute nothing. They're becoming part of the problem rather than part of the solution. So we have a responsibility and a duty to take care of our own consciousness and awareness so that we are behaving less often in a dysfunctional unconscious manner wow well on that on that note we're going to go to commercial break again um i think uh, there's some it's enormous wisdom in here we do have that responsibility to take care of our consciousness and awareness um so we're not behaving in an irresponsible manner i think that's what you just said um and i shall uh, finish writing that down on a bit of paper because it was a great um a great kind of quote we do have that responsibility and we can choose can't we Um, that's what we can do now rather than get upset and it's very easy because we've got the media constantly telling us the death tolls and this and people going to be out of work that's just spreading fear all of the time and when we're in fear we become more unconscious. When we become more unconscious, then we're at the mercy of whatever is on anybody's agenda anywhere. We can easily be manipulated into more unconscious, dysfunctional behavior. 
Excellent. We've got, we're going to go to commercial break for two more minutes. We'll be back again. Uh, do join us after the break. Uh, more to come. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with uh, Jessica Richards. We're talking about changing the Groundhog Day. And it seems that, you know, the, the, the world has shifted and we cannot keep on running the same patterns uh, that we've always run before. We need to become mindful of those. And, and it is our duty to take care of our own consciousness and, and, and an awareness um, and uh, be awareness of the way that we're behaving. And um, this is just a perfect opportunity to make shifts right now. Any more thoughts uh, from you, Jessica, around what people can what people can do personally when they're when they're when they're sort of spotting that they're running patterns? Uh, what could they do to enable change or do you need someone else to, to facilitate that change for you? No, not at all. It's our own responsibility. Other people can be facilitators. That's fine. But so can situations be a facilitator. We have in a, a global experience now that's a facilitator of global and personal change. And we can utilize it as such. Yes. So we're not necessarily, I mean, obviously I'll work in a formal way like that and it's obviously it's a very powerful way of doing things on a one-to-one or, or within groups but every experience and every challenge we have is a facilitator for change and we have the choice we can go into fear and become a victim and part of the problem or we can choose like I may feel fear but I'm going to choose to do something or to be something which is more part of the solution. And it's more a case of being than doing. Yeah. It has to come from being. And even if you take just a moment to be present, you automatically become part of the solution. And to become present, you can do it with your breathing. If you breathe quietly, 
and slowly and deeply, just a few times for those few moments, you'll be present. And you may even be present whilst you're listening to this. And you're automatically part of the solution. And if you drift off into fear or whatever else is going on, don't worry about that. The fact that you've noticed that you've drifted off means that you are present, means that you are consciously aware enough to know that you drifted off. And that's fantastic. It comes with practice. We can't all be present all of the time. And we've all got these programs running on and on, me included. The only difference being is I don't allow those programs to make my decisions. When I was going through cancer and taking a route that everyone was telling me and the powers that be and everything else was saying, you're not going to survive, you're going to die, etc., etc. You're an idiot. You're a nut job. And I said to my consultant at the time, you know, I have the same feelings and the same fears as everybody else. But I simply choose not to allow them to make my decisions. So even if I'm going to do, say, a radio program like this, a very faint um, recording going on in the background, which was the backgrounds that you and I were talking about earlier, which is part of our class system here. We were both (laughs) working class or less. And, um, you know, there will be that faint old echo in the background. Oh, who do you think you are? What are you going to do? And you're going to forget what you're saying and all the rest of it. And I just let it go because I don't care. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing. The only worst thing that could happen is that we didn't bother to do this at all in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. We've all got, we've all, we've all got, you know, unique gifts to the gift of the world. And actually we, you know, I think what helps me sometimes is to think, actually, maybe I'm doing an injustice if I don't give it. Um, maybe I'm, you know, not going to, time is limited, isn't it? I've got, I had a lovely friend, um, Stephen Sutton, who I've interviewed on the show, who died of teenage cancer at the age of 19. And mm-hmm. I interviewed him three days before he died. And he, he said to me at the end of the interview, he said, Chris, he said, um, people, cancer, cancer is just, horrendous and you know with me it has significantly reduced my life but it's increased my motivation but I look around the world and I see so many people with so little motivation but so much time and when I'm gone please tell people to make every second count and I think if you want to make every second count you've got to be in the now haven't you you've got to be present and not thinking about worrying about the past or thinking about worrying about the future or worrying about whether somebody likes you or whether you like them, it's um, yeah, what you take yeah. into your breathing and, you know, and, and get into the now. Of thinking that making every second count means we have to be doing things every second. It's the opposite to that. It's got to be, though, yeah. We're human beings. We're yes. not human doings. Yes. So if we are present in whatever we happen to be engaged in at that time, then we are automatically making every second count. Yeah. Even if we happen to be washing the dishes or cleaning your teeth or just waving out to someone or just looking at the birds in the, outside the window, whatever, if we are present, then we are automatically making the best of every moment that comes. Most of the time, we're just unconscious 
and we're dysfunctional in those moments. And even if you find that you've done that and you pull yourself back, like you're listening to something and then you think, oh, God, I can't remember a single thing they've just said because you've drifted off and you pull yourself back, that's absolutely fine because it means you were aware enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 like you, I take that as being about being, not just doing. And being, I think, you know, gratitude is really important to to just appreciate even the tiny things that are around us and if we're if our horizons feel limited around lockdown there's always something even your spider in your house which maybe you're starting your relationships with spiders as uh, <laughs> uh has moved our, to a new our outer horizons might be limited our inner space and our inner horizons are limitless absolutely and we've barely begun to explore them absolutely and then that you know, is where you know people like Viktor Frankl. Yes, uh, is a good example. I think is it is it Sullivan, the guy who from, was locked in Vietnam in a and, and held captive, and you know they were they were locked up and encased, but and, you know they they looked after their mind and they could realize they could look after how they felt in the present. Um, Absolutely, and not Viktor Frankl. You know, people people perished who thought and this is important at the moment. I think people. Uh, people who decided to think everything will be okay by Christmas, I'll be out by Christmas, and when Christmas came and, and they weren't, um, they perished. They gave up, and it happens with yeah. uh, cancer patients, and it happens in general as well. Um, so we all thought, oh, when we get out of this, when we get out of this, well, we're missing the opportunity of being in this. Yes. And what that provides us with. And when it comes to gratitude, for me, I simply say, you know, <laughs> Every day above ground is a bonus. So, <laughs> 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 so <just> in my <laughs> case, <laughs> yeah. And I just, I just wonder how many, how many people. Maybe this is what we don't want to happen. I've always said to people that like, you know, when you're in your eighties, nineties, you know, you're coming towards the towards the latter part of your life to be able to. Success is about. I think it's been to look back over your life and think actually. I did well. And even though there were, t- there were tough moments, you were able to enjoy it all over again. And I wonder in this period of time, you know, how many people will look back maybe and realize they didn't actually make the most of it of being, you know, in lockdown with others or in the contribution that they made, like you're making with the, with the NHS and your support and your local communities. And I agree with you. I think it's an opportunity that if we don't, we don't um, take in the presence with our fully, um, we, we might regret it one day. Yeah, because it, it's not going to last forever. And I think our new normal will never be anything that we've experienced before. Hopefully, if we don't give in to the fear, then collectively we can make it a better and fairer reality than the one that we've had so far, because obviously it couldn't continue the way that it was because it simply wasn't working or this wouldn't have happened in the first place. And the other thing to recognize about the health aspect of it as well and how we can use this as an opportunity and a responsibility on a personal and collective level is that the only real reason that viruses and diseases spread is because we have inadequate immune systems. They're not functioning as well as they should be. A lot of that is in our own hands. Uh, The biggest cause of that 
um, apart from diet, nutrition and exercise and lifestyle is stress. And that means we're creating fearful scenarios for ourselves. Also, globally, there are areas where they don't have access to clean water, to a roof over their head, to relative and reasonable safety and reasonable level and and quality of nutrition and the means to maintain themselves nutritionally. Now, it seems to me it will be an awful lot cheaper and wiser to address these issues on that level rather than spending billions and billions on drugs, etc., etc., to combat the effects of disease and the economic crashes that we're having because of lockdowns, when we should be, A, take, take those of us who can take responsibility for our own well-being and health, but also taking responsibility in helping in areas so that they can also have the luxury of a fully functioning immune system. Then we won't have the threats of diseases causing catastrophes like this. Incredible. Hey, we've got, I've just noticed we've got about a minute and a half left till the end of the show. Have you got a single final message that you'd like to leave us with? I think the final one, well, the two things really, is be as present as you possibly can. Be yourself in all your glory, because even on your worst days, if you are yourself, you're still more than good enough or you wouldn't be here. But please, please, please don't worry about what's going to happen. Just take care and take your responsibility to do the best that you can. And if it's the best that you can with the level of consciousness that we have at any given moment in time, it's good enough. And we, we should all be grateful for being as best as we can with the level of consciousness that we have at this time and recognizing that however others behave, they are also doing that. It's the best they can do with the level of consciousness that they have at that time. Jess, I've got to stop you there. Is it time to to look at your website, jessicarichards.co.uk or .com? No, .co.uk. JessicaRichards.co.uk. Go there, check out what Jessica's doing. Uh, amazing conversations, Jessica. Thank you so much. It's been really, really valuable. And uh, thank you next- for listening. Can I just say just lots of love to everyone. I wish everyone the best. And let's just go for it. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you very much indeed. And on next week's show, uh, I'm going to be talking with um, Jean Early, who is one of the um, founding Members of NLP launched it across Europe, set up a genomic research company, has been a vice president of a big university in Hawaii, does amazing work. We've been doing some work on around elevating leadership, and we're going to talk about elevating leadership in a crisis and uh, how to do that next week. So we'll be back with you again next week. Big thank you to Jessica Richards. Thank you again to uh, John Kramer. And uh, yeah, love from myself as well. Really, I agree with uh, Jessica. Let's just go for it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.